Hello there. Welcome to Every Degree Matters. I am your host Safran Mehnar. Today I have a special guest, Grace Ketera from Kigali, Rwanda. She has been involved in the mental health and social well-being of the people impacted by the heartbreaking 1994 genocide against the Tutsis in Rwanda, including her family. Grace is creating a path for healing her fellow Rwandans. For everyone who doesn't know Every Degree Matters podcast, our goal is to inspire and be inspired by great people across the world who have done outstanding work starting from their local community to an entire country and finding innovative solutions and ideas to create a sustainable, fairer and equitable world. These people believe that change starts with us. These discussions will be carried out under the lens of sustainability, which are social, environment, economy and governance. Before speaking to Grace, let's check out what's going on. As the world recovers from the impacts of COVID-19, I was reading an article from the Telegraph last week. The latest study shows more people are dying than COVID due to mental health problems. The reason why it's because they were not being able to go out for regular treatment for other illnesses due to the lockdown. That being said, I'm so thrilled to listen to Grace's story. Thank you so much for uh, joining Grace and would you like to introduce yourself briefly for the listeners? Yes, definitely. And thank you for having me. My name is Grace Katera. I am a lived experience and mental health advocate from Kigali in Rwanda and I work in the intersection of lived experience, uh, youth engagement and mental health. Thank you so much. Tell us what work have you been doing in the past years? Of course, you just reiterated that you work on mental health issues across um, the country. Tell us what you've been doing the past years. Thank you. Sure, definitely. Um the only way I can begin this story is by by talking about a little bit about my lived experience. I'm uh I'm Rwandan and my parents and my family actually survived the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi uh in Rwanda and uh this led us to become refugees and we left the country and we lived uh in different places and all of this led us to of course develop our own mental health challenges based on our life situation and on top of that of course living in in spaces where you are you know a forced migrant <laughs> when you live in in places as a forced migrant of course you you face your own particular set of circumstances and um all of that built up to give me a bit of a give me on on top like my parents as well and my family but particularly i i had post traumatic stress disorder i had panic disorder i had generalized anxiety depression all of those things and growing up as a child i felt very much like i was not cared for uh and i was not even told given the language uh to explain what I was going through. And so when I came back to Rwanda, um I came back uh at least 10 years after my parents because of many reasons, but when I came back to Rwanda I decided to, you know, to get involved, to do more uh than I had gotten the chance to experience as a child. 
And so I started as a, um, a mental health advocate, but working locally with the small NGOs to support girls and women, but also children who were, uh, the inter- again, were survivors as well, or who were, who had had impact from the genocide. Um, and I worked in that space for four years. So I started volunteering when I'd come back to visit my parents in 2014. And I worked in that capacity from 2014 to 2018. And in 2018, I got the chance to represent uh, lived experience uh, using my story, but also my contribution to the Lancet Commission uh, in Global Mental Health and Sustainable Development um, in October 2018. And that is what began a sort of international career working within lived experience and so I started with the Lancet but it sort of snowballed from there and currently I work with very many organizations but primarily with uh, organizations like the Wellcome Trust and uh, you know private organizations uh, to sort of understand mental health and its impact on people with lived experience but also all the different issues surrounding lived ex- people with lived experience including climate change including you know financial economic and financing you know care and accessible mental health services that's an inspiring story and i really like what you said your parents unfortunately was in this whole situation with the, you know, the darkest period of the country and now what how do you see that has been impacting that generation and children's growing up for the parents who have been impacted to be very honest the only the only thing that i can share with you is um is that everyone's experience is definitely different yes i agree so the thing is you know we we don't we cannot say this very lightly the randans are uninspiring people randa as a country is inspiring and randans are inspiring as as a people uh because for me i think that when we survived um and growing up the first thing on my mind was how can i belong to the places that i was in right the spaces that i was in and that's all i thought about and i i wanted to assimilate and sort of forget my identity as a as a randan Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that a lot of other Rwandans who were in the space I was in were thinking the same thing. They just wanted to get on with their lives and start thinking other things, not, you know, the situation in Rwanda. But the ones who stayed in Rwanda, the people who came back to Rwanda immediately after the genocide, they um, they were very adamant that it was never going to happen again. That was one. And two, that there was now going to work together you know to make a change to 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 make a difference and of course it was very difficult in the beginning because of of all the side effects of war of course um famine there was famine there were droughts there were Rwanda is not necessarily a, an agricultural heaven right um and so they had to deal with that they had to figure out like how they could you know take care of the people and then also i found out that the government was going into the neighboring countries and urging randans to come back home and like help rebuild the country they went there personally so i just i felt very inspired i was like while me personally i was more interested in trying to find a life elsewhere um they were they were they had decided to stay in the country and build themselves right and build themselves back up from a country that had witnessed 
total devastation and that the government was working hand in hand with the people who had survived to go back and call back the people who had fled the war and ask them to come back home and build the country. And so people like my parents came back because of that call. That's so inspiring to to see that how um, the people of the country and especially with the government, they also wanted to um, come back and help and try to rebuild the country and going in person and such an inspiring story. It also sets an example of how a nation should rebuild itself with any tragic, dark history that it comes to. Yeah. Let's take about what happens in Germany. You know, if we go back in the 1945s, though genocide that happened in Germany that inspired people to come to do things more and be right. And, you know, today, if you look yeah. at the global space, it's a beautiful country, a well-developed country, especially people are moving far more ahead in terms of how they have their lifestyle and how they think and how they yeah. inspire their own country to, to do many um, work. With that, I would like to ask, what have you done and what impact that you have made throughout this whole progress that since you moved back to Rwanda and you've been start working, tell us a little bit of more about that specific impact that you have made. Thank you. Yeah. So when I came back, uh, I came back in 2017 fully because I'd, I'd been visiting. So where were you living before? I had been living in a number of countries. So I lived in Kenya and I lived in Uganda and I lived in Burundi, but I think primarily in Uganda. So when I came back, um, I decided to to contribute to mental health awareness, right? Mm -hmm. But also to use to use any funds that I had gotten um, to support uh, survivors. So my family and I, we, we would hold, we still hold retreats for women survivors of the genocide to come together and like learn mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's the mindfulness and the, you know, the, the counseling part. And then we also have a program now where we support each other. We have a, a cooperative, right? Okay. So we support each other and like it's lending my microfinance. And then we also have a, we also have like a, a small agricultural project. Um, and also we, we, we teach computer literacy and English uh, to younger, uh, the children of the survivors. And how many families have you impacted? How many families have gone through this whole program? And especially with the people who have been impacted with, through the genocide, like how many families have you changed your life? And how many families have been changed? Uh, to be honest, we, we started very small. So we started with just 25 people. And uh, so we started in 2018 uh, with 25 mm -hmm. people, and now we have 125 families. Wow. This has also, you know, their like their relatives and the people that they go to school with. So you'd say the radius is much bigger, but uh, in terms of numbers, we still just work with 125 people. And this is like through the efforts of my family um, and their friends and like like small, small contributions. But it's been so impactful that the district where my parents live has given them a house where they can like conduct these these lessons and recently they got a contribution of uh, mm -hmm. of 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 some 
kids uh, material so that they can start a kindergarten for the schools for kids that belong to these families and so I feel like we are expanding more and more and I'm very lucky that my parents are helping us um, so right now uh, because of how global focus the work that I'm doing has started to become my parents take on a lot more like managerial administrative work but um but it just it's really rewarding and it's not even like we're trying to impact it's just we we spent a long time running away and then when we came back we decided to to just help <laughs> that's that's so uh, wonderful to hear that we myself like if you take an i mean i came i come from a country like sri lanka and we did have a civil war for 30 years and my my family also have been through this um, civil war and we have faced a lot of difficulties and you know there was war up north in my country mm-hmm. reconciliation rebuilding was something that is still there's a burning issue in my country and it's still going on especially people who have been impacted mm-hmm. and the family the, the work that your family is doing is so much rewarding like you said how it connects to your heart and say wow you create an opportunity to have somebody get back their life mm-hmm. i have been through this situation personally my parents have been through this uh, traumatic process when sri lanka faced a civil war for 30 years which ended in 2009 and we my family did live in the heart of the war before when in the middle like in, i think it was in the 1989s or 90s it was horrible mm-hmm. and i wasn't born but it was so much bad to listen to all their stories and and now it, we can really see how much of mentally and health mental health impact has been growing in in those regions that have been impacted by war and of course we are trying there's a lot of non-profits and governments and they're trying to do reconciliation but it's not to the scale that is required mm. and that has to change the life but listening to your story is just giving me like goosebumps and saying wow you start small and that's what we really want to people to hear from uh, for, for our listeners in the podcast because we always believe that inspiring stories uncovered inspired stories are really important for us to to make this um, people also um, see what change that they can do thank you so with that how do you see from civilization from going back to human civilization the, yeah. you know the growth of human civilization how we have moved forward towards building to where we are today and how do you see the sustainability world it's it's are they doing enough mm-hmm. and who do you think should take the responsibility i wanted to give how do you see in, in the angle of mental health and health issues in that perspective and are we doing enough and who should take responsibility mm-hmm. i completely agree with you that there has to be responsibility taken right um i i think that the human race is uh moving towards some inevitable conclusions right and a lot of that to have to do with depletion of you know uh natural resources have to do with um 
you know, changing climate. Um, uh, as a person who works within mental health, there's a lot of conversation around eco anxiety, around pessimism, you know, uh, uh, as a tool of advocacy. And I understand, but I, I am of the view, right, that activists and advocates are actually optimistic. And the reason why they are sounding the alarm right now, right? Um, has more to do with their optimism that human people, human beings can change, can work towards resolutions that save the planet, that 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 bring back some sort of, of balance. Mm-hmm. And so speaking from the perspective of a person with mental health challenges and speaking from a perspective of a person from a very, an area that is at risk, I think that responsibility, while personal, while we can do individual actions to do better, I think there has to be more responsibility uh, placed in the hands of, you know, more wealthy governments, more wealthy multinationals, and companies that produce endlessly. They have to take the brunt of the blame and therefore the brunt of the responsibility. Nothing can change unless the movers and the shakers, you know, um, take responsibility. And unfortunately, while individual power is, is good when it's united, an individual's impact on environmental change is impactful, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> there has to be more done and there has to be more responsibility taken. Therefore, there has to be more... Um, push by people in power to get these organizations uh organized tell me what you think yeah that's 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 exactly especially with with in terms of um countries and uh, especially with with um, for example if you take that really connects with mental health issue like we have uh, reconciliation centers we have proper social system you know mm-hmm. if you take about sustainability as a whole it's always has three elements into it social economy environment and governance as well i always have four okay, if you see that you can always see that there is a interlinkages between all of them and society is impacted when, when there's an environmental crisis or mm-hmm. there's a social problem that impacts directly with the economy of a country you know if people are not happy people are not working and then that directly impacts the economy mm-hmm. and if there's riots and problems and then that impacts the governance of a country yeah. so it always has this this interconnection and which i think it is really important for like you exactly said that big players yeah. especially governments in in terms of you know having good policies like having equal pay having you know proper protective system law enforcement and for for people to not do um uh, such evil things or you know yeah. to protect like people feel more safer and you know for us to really you know be mindful about what's going around us and also be happy i completely agree that's the most important thing that i i really am seeing that angle so how do you see the role of rwanda and especially with the the government locally what is what have they been doing and what's something that you really feel they should do more and 
especially in the field that you are working on that's first part of it and then second part i would like to ask you is that how do you see rwanda's role in africa because i always see the country so inspiring you know with the genocide and countries going back like you exactly said previously in the before while we were talking that inspiration that's important you know having that inspiring the drive yeah. to really make the change and and rwanda has given that to the world and i yeah it's completely like every i would see wow that's something that any country like even a developed country would have to learn from uh, what rwandans and the country has been doing so in your own world like how do you see that so the first part is what is rwanda doing around this issue and what can they do better and my my answer would be there's been a big push to re reforest right um they've they've done a lot of work around conservation in fact um they 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 uprooted an entire district because the industrial part of kigali was in in the swamps in the marshes yeah and they said that's it you're not going to stay here you guys everyone must find somewhere else to work in and so they they did a special economic zone where all the like factories were moved and then they conserved the the marsh place and i thought that was really inspiring because a lot of people are like how can we move this this has been here for years and they're like yes it has but maybe it's time not to do it not to be here like anything that can be made can be changed Wow. I want to hear from the mental health issue. What is the country doing? Yeah, no, no. Here's what I'm here's this is what I'm saying as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh for within mental health, uh, a big thing that we have talked about about this, right, is two things actually. One is um the the role of green spaces. Mm-hmm. The role of green spaces within mental health because they are directly connected. But two also is manufactured agency, right? when uh, a population of a place does not have adequate place uh, space within mm-hmm. their like employed time right to take a step back and think about you know their mental health to take a step back and think about their wellness then everything suffers including climate including the climate so and i think that that Rwanda works very hard to tackle is manufactured agency mm-hmm. there's enough that i think they are very proactive on rest they are very proactive on health insurance so we have universal insurance in Rwanda and we have tiered support so people who have universal insurance still have tiers uh, within that insurance so that people who are in the most need can receive care without needing to um, to debase themselves basically <laughs> and when you know that the country has put in like like really strong rules about care about rest about support and is trying to conserve the green spaces that are left within a very small country right we are among mm-hmm. the most densely populated countries in the world uh, i think that this in itself is a contributor to better mental health outcomes and in turn as well to the the effort around climate change yeah so what do you see the role of the country as a whole and especially the role in in africa within africa i feel like i'm being forced to talk very much for for randa <laughs> and i'm a bit of a randa fan um but i think randa's biggest um 
they say it's a source of inspiration but i think that the biggest thing that we've always said and president kagame has always said has been we we do not want to be our own model we want this to be the norm right mm-hmm. and i think it's very simple to change it just needs unity and i think that what rwanda can do is just share more of what works for them as well as challenges right as well as working within the budget that they have because it's a very limited budget um to show other countries within africa that this is not inspirational this is not something that you feel is out of bounds this is something that can be done and this is how we we are doing it and we should work together and also to like sort of shift the african union organization from like working on your politics but also thinking in the about the future of Africans and the future of Africa um you know basically working together to bring forward a, a future a united future that's really important like i always see the future is is it's with africa and especially with you know a lot of countries are developing right now and far more would anyone would imagine and you know mm-hmm. you, you you go through this um, whole uh, process and it's also the narrative for example when somebody tells me oh africa is still but africa that you all see on the movies but i say no yeah. it's not that if it's it's a very rich which very rich demographic and it's not mm-hmm. what you see or what you've been portrayed yeah. you know the most of them what you see or hear is not what it is the reality in in africa mm-hmm. they have advanced they have moved so much that some countries would not even yeah. think that oh there it's it's been going there and and it's so inspiring to also see so many other countries also have so much taken and gone ahead mm. uh, towards collective unity and and that's the most important thing you always say if you want to go long way you need to go with people you know you just need to go for a long walk you need people if you want to run faster you go alone yeah if you're going for a long walk you need to have people so that's what i see uh with that i would like to ask you is that yeah. what individual action yeah. that you and i can take in mental health issues because right now for example if you see with covid with inflation with the global economic mm. crisis and so much of things that's going around the world you can really see that people have been really traumatized mm. being going through a lot of mental health issues and we are suffering and yeah. what would you say okay here's what you, i think that you and i can do to make a difference that would impact a broader society a broader community it always starts with one person yeah. that's what i believe and yeah. what what's your take on that no i i 100% agree with you i think that you're right i also really like the the proverb that you use that if you want to go fast you go alone but if you want to go together you go if you want to go longer you you go together um and especially for me and you safran as activists and advocates when we are hoping to advocate for better mm-hmm. we get immersed in the topic that we are or we get immersed in in our in in what we are 
advocating for it. Therefore, we can we experience some of the negativity, right? Some of the negative sides. And so we need to keep the hope alive. We need to remember why we are advocating. We need to remember what we are working towards. And and some people might say that's naive, right? But if what motivates you suffering is a better world for everyone, then that's what you should keep your focus on right? Because that's what gives you the motivation to wake up in the morning. That's what gives you the motivation to to do the work that you're doing. And that's what is going to change the world. And you might not think that that's a, a, a tangible individual action to do. But I just, I just think that remembering what matters and remembering who matters to you in the long run is such a big exercise. Yeah. Because sometimes the hope dies. And when the hope dies, especially in young people, that's when things start getting stagnant. And I feel like that's a bit of a problem of with us Africans, right? Because Africans have experienced so much war, so much famine, so much drought, so much manufactured hopelessness that a lot of people have lost the vision and the hope for the future but remembering what matters keeping the hope alive staying optimistic continuing to believe that there can be a better future and then working towards that future actively tangibly that is that is all we can do right like at the end of the day we need to say keep the hope alive that was a great yeah that's true that having the hope, you know, it's, it is really what it is important. You know, the magic word everyone says, yeah. keep the hope alive. Yeah. You know, of course it's a, it's a process and it takes a time for everyone to go through it and for us to achieve it. Thank you so much for joining us. And it's so much inspiring to hear yeah. what you've been going through and what you really are doing in the past four years of work with your family and the whole um, process. How can people get in touch with you? And what is there something that something last that you wanted to say? So give us a little bit of how people can reach out to you and how Thank you. you know we can get in touch with you for all our listeners. And then if there's anything last that you wanted to say. Thank you. Um, yes. I just wanted to thank you so much, Safran, for this opportunity. I really enjoyed speaking to you, and I hope that we continue to uh, keep in touch. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always there. <laughs> um, my name is Grace Katera, and so and that's the name that's on, um, on LinkedIn. So you can always uh, DM me. I'm very open. Okay, perfect. Yeah, once ever you have anything that you'd like to, you know, share with us, and then we will be uh, more than happy to to explore um, um, that. But once again, Grace, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. Such an inspiring story to hear. We as human need to rethink our purpose of living on this earth. It recalls all the stories that I've heard from my own parents with the war in Sri Lanka that lasted for 30 years. Even though it was a different situation, but the impact are as same as how people from Rwanda are going through till today. The work Grace is doing is an example of how one family can make a huge difference. We need to come together to overcome issues like mental health and social well-being. If not for us, who would do it? I have many more great people that I'll be talking to throughout the podcast. 
make sure to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter if you know anyone that's making a difference in their local community please connect with me i love to bring them on my show if you enjoy this podcast and want more join me on every degree matters to be inspired by these amazing people all around the world you can find us on spotify apple and amazon music you can also visit our website every degree matters this was an really another exciting podcast thank you for joining i firmly believe every degree matters bye bye